You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. We begin with breaking details about the windstorm that's been pummeling the lower mainland all day, knocking out power, delaying ferries and uprooting trees. Our Jill Bennett is live in English Bay with more on the damage tonight in Jill Stanley Park, obviously not far from you, but it is now closed for the night. All day it has been so windy here. The winds continuing this evening. Now people have been coming to English Bay, many to take pictures and to see it. Some people going out kite surfing. Those are the people enjoying this windstorm. However, it has also caused a lot of damage. This is one of the many trees that came crashing down during the height of the windstorm, crashing into this car in Fairview Slopes. Another tree smashed into another vehicle parked nearby. There were also trees down in Vancouver's Dude Chilling Park, this one hitting a garage. Another tree blocked a sidewalk in East Vancouver. Just came down right in front of me. And in the West End, this large branch also fell during the strong winds. I heard it cracking the same tree but on the other side a huge piece and I swore it was going to come right through my window this large tree also toppled on the west side narrowly missing a home landing in the yard in front the winds so strong Stanley Park was closed because of falling trees and huge waves we always have uh, crews on standby ready to be deployed wherever they're needed it's a large province we have more kilometers of power line than, uh, than just about any other utility in North America. It's a massive province, so quite rugged terrain and uh, outages can happen anywhere. So we're ready to deploy people wherever they're needed. The same storm also battered other parts of the province. Kamloops fire and rescue crews were called several times to trees and wires down. And at one point, more than 35,000 homes and businesses in Kamloops lost power. Throughout the province, that number ballooned to more than 120,000 hydro customers. And that's everywhere from Vancouver Island through the lower mainland, the southern interior up into the northeastern uh, peace country portion of the province. So extremely widespread storm events and uh, widespread power outages. Some people chose to put on bathing suits and dive in, the windstorm providing the perfect beach day. How long were you in the water for? Uh, only about five minutes. Yeah. Not too long, yeah. I was out for six. <laughs> Not the best day to be on the water in a small boat, but perfect conditions for thrill seekers. And a reminder as well that closure of Stanley Park is going to continue into the evening and likely throughout the night. The causeway is open, but the park was shut down earlier today because of dangers with that wind and the possibility of trees coming down and the surf. So uh, there were some parents actually that had to go into the park to get their kids from the aquarium as it was closed down. That will remain closed uh, for the night. The ghost train also closed. People will be reimbursed if they had tickets as the wind continues to blow. Sophie? All right, thanks for that. Jill Bennett at English Bay for us. Now, Jordan Armstrong is in Tawasson tonight. And Jordan, long delays today for those trying to catch a ferry. And the wait continues for so many. Absolutely, Sophie. A very long day here. Some people have been waiting since 9 a.m. In the last eight hours, just one ferry has departed for Swartz Bay. And the status of evening sailings is up in the air at this point. As you can imagine, the terminal is packed. Both the vehicle lanes and the foot passenger area inside, there are lineups for food and to use the washrooms. Most people 
taking it in stride, though, realizing these sort of things happen at this time of year, although some did say BC Ferries could do a better job of keeping passengers informed. It's a little frustrating. There's a lot of people here. Uh, they, 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 they could probably do a better job of informing people. Uh, it kind of sucks, but um, not much you can do about it. What can you do? We live on an island. We're used to it now. No point. Everybody's been in a pretty good mood, all things considered. They haven't told me anything, but when I looked it up online, there's a three-sail wait, and there's no one coming by. I'm thinking the windstorm might screw us for, you know, making it at all today. So the wind is still howling here at Tawasin. We're waiting to hear if evening sailings on the Tawasin to Swartz Bay route will depart. BC Ferries hopes to make a decision on that just before 7 o'clock. If they do sail, though, they will be for customers with reservations only. If you're a driver who is hoping to catch a ferry on standby, you're out of luck. BC Ferries is saying try again tomorrow morning. Just quickly on the other routes, ferries to Nanaimo are still sailing, but obviously with delays. Sophie? Fall frustrations. All right, thanks for that, Jordan Armstrong yeah. at Tawasin for us. TransLink is confirming a tree has fallen on the guideway, causing a disruption to Expo Line service between Metrotown and commercial Broadway stations. One passenger tweeting this photo of a broken window. He says a branch hit the window just minutes after the SkyTrain car left the 29th Avenue station. And then this, passengers getting out of the cars and walking along the guideway. Especially dangerous since TransLink says service between Commercial Broadway and Metrotown is still moving, but is single tracking right now. A bus bridge is being set up to drive customers from Commercial Broadway to Metrotown, but passengers should expect delays. Millennium and Canada lines are said to be running normally for the moment. Now, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with a closer look at who got hit the hardest and when will this all be over? Christy? So if it was definitely Metro Vancouver that got hit hardest with wind gusts up to 78 kilometers an hour just off the coast as well. Very strong driving right into coastal regions there. But more significant was the sustained winds, in my opinion. Seven hours worth of sustained winds from 40 to 65 kilometers an hour. And they're still at 78 or 63 sustained 78 gusts. So we're still dealing with incredibly strong winds. So the wind warnings are still in effect and we're expecting that right into the evening hours. So here's a look at what we could see even by 10.30 p.m. tonight. Strong northwest flow with wind gusts up to 70, 73 kilometers an hour. It's not until the overnight period, Sophie, that we're really expecting it to ease off. All right, Christy, we'll check with you a bit later. Because we are not just some kids skipping school or some adults who are not going to work. We are a wave of change and together we are unstoppable. Swedish climate change activist Greta Thunberg, who began going on strike from school on Fridays to protest government inaction on the climate crisis. She has created a growing movement for change, rallying thousands in downtown Vancouver today. The wind did not stop them. Our Sarah McDonald was at that rally and march. Sarah? Well, Sophie, as you said, you would not know it by what you see here right now, but earlier today this plaza was absolutely packed. That wind certainly not keeping anybody away. Everybody was here to see that one teenager who is small in stature but larger than life. 
the mononymous magnetic teen turned global climate crisis celebrity. This is just the beginning. We will continue. Is lending her sustainable energy star power to Vancouver. Because change is coming whether you like it or not. Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg now on the country's west coast. We have to... Uh... You know, as painful as it is, get off of oil. On the heels of a lawsuit filed against the feds by more than a dozen young Canadians in a quest to hold world leaders to account legally for the consequences of climate change. Our world is practically dying and we want to be able to have kids and have make sure that they're safe. And what a difference just a few days and a change in scenery can make. The reception here, a markedly different one from Thunberg's visit to Alberta last week. Thunberg met by counter-protesters in Edmonton. Oil and gas workers mounting a convoy as colliding stances on the climate crisis reached a boiling point. It's a free country! Yes, it is! In Montreal, an extraordinary crowd of 500,000 orbiting the teen, days after this explosive speech admonishing world leaders. You all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? That raw anger and emotion still tangible here. Water is life! Water is life! In the wake of a federal election that failed to see a surge of green seats secured in Parliament. And I'd like to see and hear more from people who are in those larger parties with more of the power, speaking up and saying what they'd be willing to do. Thank you! These teens fueling a movement only gaining momentum, not able to cast ballots yet. Their message to world leaders? Fight for our planet, for our future. They will be soon. And this movement and Thunberg herself will likely only continue to galvanize those young Canadians, many who we spoke with today, Sophie, telling us they are more determined than ever before to communicate their message to that highly polarized minority parliament. All right, Sarah McDonald reporting for us in downtown Vancouver. Sarah, thank you. A dramatic police takedown in Vancouver this morning and a warning. While it involves a beanbag gun, some viewers may find the video disturbing. Take a look at the far side of the street. Three officers can be seen approaching a man on West Georgia near Thurlow, then firing three shots from a beanbag gun. It happened around 8.30 this morning. Police say they were responding to numerous 911 calls about a man swinging sticks and assaulting people. When the suspect refused to follow police direction, the VPD says a non-lethal beanbag gun was deployed. The suspect, a man in his 50s of no fixed address, is in custody and is facing charges of assault with a weapon and uttering threats. Police say he was not seriously injured. Heightened fears in the community of Colwood on Vancouver Island tonight as RCMP search for a suspect in a break and enter and sexual assault. Kylie Stanton has more on what happened and what makes this attack even more unusual. In this usually safe and quiet neighborhood, police are increasing patrols, trying to piece together exactly what happened here on Wednesday. We had a report on October 23rd of a break and enter and a sexual assault of a adult female victim. It happened during the daytime hours in a home located near the intersection of Souk and Machosan Road. A man who was not known to the victim forced his way into the house before proceeding to sexually assault her. The woman, who is said to be middle-aged, was later transported to hospital with unknown injuries and released the same day. 
Despite scouring the area with police dogs, officers were unable to track down the attacker. Making matters worse, a suspect description isn't available in this case. If we had a description to provide, we would 100% be providing that. We want the public to know that's not something that we're holding back on. This is just a, a circumstance of the investigation. But that brings little comfort to those living in the area. Usually there's at least a bit of a description, like a height or hair color or something. I'm concerned because I have lots of neighbors and my wife and my daughter. He's walking around and probably waiting for another victim. You can't even feel safe in your own home. Police are asking everyone to be vigilant, ensuring doors and windows are locked at all times. As there have been no other similar cases reported, the crime is being treated as an isolated incident. Any tips from the public are appreciated. Definitely call us. Don't wait. Call right away. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. Rattled nerves in the community of Headley tonight. Police have one man in custody as they investigate a drive-by shooting at a house where a child was inside. Officers were called just after 2 a.m. today when shots rang out. Five people were in the home at the time, four adults, one child. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Police say the house is known to them. Neighbors say it's a well-known drug house. The man arrested is a 35-year-old Headley resident. An elderly man being treated in a Vancouver hospital is speaking out tonight amid fears he'll be forced into a homeless shelter. As Catherine Urquhart reports, the struggling 80-year-old says he was promised assisted living, but it was later declined, and now he has nowhere to go. I feel very upset and anxiety, and the pressure they give me here to, to go. Antonio Skripatos says Mount St. Joseph's Hospital is pressuring him to be discharged, even threatening to send him to a homeless shelter. What they had mentioned to us is that if we do not discharge him, that Vancouver Coastal Health has actually asked them to drop him off at a homeless shelter. The 80-year-old has been in and out of hospital the past six months for renal disease, blood cancer, heart failure and numerous falls. His daughter claims Vancouver Coastal Health offered to place him in assisted living, then reneged. Vancouver Coastal Health had actually assessed him for assisted living. They said he qualified, and then they had asked us to go to our facilities, which we had done. They then asked us to pick a facility, which we did. They gave us his assisted living rate, and then a couple days later, they had changed their mind and said he was no longer eligible. Antonio Scripito says he gave up his apartment, thinking he would move into assisted living. I can live alone. I cannot live alone. I can cook. I can do cleaning. Nothing. Vancouver Coastal Health told Global News, We work through the referral process with clients to support the move to assisted living, and will do so in this case. Daughter Eleni, hopeful her father won't be forced to leave hospital. They're trying to send him home to a home he doesn't have. Late Friday, a social worker advised the family they are working to place him in assisted living. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Right now, though, according to BC Hydro, the sparks are flying at EV charging stations. A new report indicates a number of issues are driving people to frustration. Aaron MacArthur has more on what's causing the conflict and the advice being offered. Emma Giddens charges her Nissan Leaf every day. Finding a free charger can be a bit of a challenge. And even if she does, there's no guarantee she'll get to keep it. Times where I've plugged in my vehicle 
left knowing it's going to take a while to charge and come back to someone who unplugged the vehicle. Well, you weren't here, so I thought I'd just top up. BC Hydro says it's not unusual for drivers of electric vehicles to run into conflict with other EV drivers. According to a new study, nearly a quarter of all drivers have had a direct conflict at a public charging station. And nearly a third have witnessed a confrontation. People unplugging each other or taking too long to charge, leaving their car there while they go and do other errands. With the rapid uptake in EV ownership, there is increased demand for public charging stations. There are 1,700 in BC, and it often can feel like they're all being used. Owners have a few ideas on how to make sure everyone gets a turn. You should just get like an email notification that tells you, okay, it's time to get your car out of the charge station and park somewhere else. While there are conflicts, EV owners tend to be a crunchy bunch. Sharing comes easier than to some. I have asked other users for the charge if I needed it more than they did, and I've always had positive responses. Never mind range anxiety, Social anxiety is a brand new problem for EV drivers. There's no actual rule book on etiquette, right? So every experience was something new. There's no fisticuffs, but it's definitely a lot of awkward situations. Public charging should only be a supplement to home charging. BC Hydro says changing people's charging behavior is going to take some time. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Well, you'll be seeing this young man's face on B.C. roads and highways over the next several months. Jeremy Cook is the face of the new anti-impaired driving campaign from Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Six years ago, Jeremy suffered severe injuries and brain trauma in an accident caused by an impaired driver. He continues to suffer from migraines, nightmares and PTSD. Westcan Bulk Transport is putting decals with Jeremy's photo on 40 of its truck trailers in B.C. At the end of the day, we hope that the public sees them and realizes that impaired driving is not something that just happens, that they can make a decision and the right decision not to drive impaired. They can talk to family and friends about it as well, and that they choose never to drive impaired. Well, as you saw earlier, on the same day international climate change activist Greta Thunberg made an appearance in Vancouver, a group of young people took their fight to the next level. Not content with just protest and political pressure, they're taking Ottawa to court. Linda Ellsworth reports. Hi, my name is Sophia. I am 18 years old from Gatineau, Quebec. I am suing the Canadian government for climate change because my livelihood is threatened. Sophia is one of 15 Canadian youths who today launched a lawsuit against the federal government for violating their charter rights. All of us are here because we've been personally impacted and we're looking to make some change. 15-year-old Cecilia from Toronto is another plaintiff. My health has been impacted with poor air quality and I've always had asthma, but in the past couple years, you know, breathing has been a lot harder. I'm suing my government. Then there's 17-year-old Sierra from Vancouver Island, who blames climate change for her contraction of Lyme disease, a tick-borne illness that has increased tenfold in 10 years. Because of, like, increased temperatures and it not getting cold enough in the winter to kill them off, Hundreds and, th- hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Canadians are being impacted by this. And we tend to think of climate change as something for tomorrow. These young people are telling us it's affecting them today. But why sue the federal government? Why not go after the companies responsible for climate change? Who gives those companies the permits? Who gives the subsidies to the fossil fuel industry? 
those policies and the environmental policies are set by governments. We have been setting um, emission targets for years now. None of them have ever been met. And so this isn't about getting a politician to make a target. It's about keeping them to that target. Using the courts to hold governments accountable has become a global phenomenon. Suits have been filed in nearly 30 countries. We want the courts to demand the federal government take action by implementing a science-based climate recovery plan. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Returning to our top story now, the wicked winds hammering this province, closing Stanley Park for the night and causing all kinds of problems. Our Jill Bennett is in the elements at English Bay for us tonight. Trees and branches down, power outages, ferry delays and cancellations. It's all going on, Jill. Yeah, Sophie, still a few people here flying kites and making the best of it. And certainly, uh, if you could do that today, all the better. But as you mentioned, the Stanley Park Causeway, the Stanley, not the Causeway, sorry, but Stanley Park Drive will be closed throughout the night. That's closed until at least 6 a.m. tomorrow because of the dangers of the winds toppling trees in the park. And throughout uh, parts of Metro Vancouver today, we saw exactly that. Trees falling in a couple of cases uh, in Fairview in that neighborhood of Vancouver. The trees falling onto a couple of cars in that neighborhood. Uh, we also saw on the west side of Vancouver in the Dunbar area, a tree right into the front yard of a house and an east van. Uh, the so-called dew chilling park saw a tree come down and hit a building in a community garden. So it has been a busy day for hydro crews because with those trees, power lines as well. At the height of the storm, more than 120,000 hydro customers were without power and crews have been trying to work as best they can throughout the storm to restore that power. But of course, it's very dangerous for crews. So they are getting those power, uh, those uh, lines restored as quickly as they can. Now, as for uh, BC Ferries, they've just released uh, some new information. The 8 o'clock Swartz Bay uh, sailing has been cancelled, as well as cancellations throughout the day. So if you are going to the ferries, best to check ahead. Sophie? All right, thanks for that. Jill Bennett, back at English Bay for us tonight. Those fast-growing fires across California have forced tens of thousands of people to evacuate their homes, many of them running for their lives right through the flames, and many will have nothing to come back to. Across California, the exhausting battle is far from over. Outside Los Angeles, relentless winds push the so-called tick fire toward crowded neighborhoods overnight, quickly devouring homes. Wow! I mean, that's the entire hillside. With little notice, about 50,000 people were forced to flee the flames. Some escape paths immersed in smoke and fire. Where's the cat? The Fowler family grabbing their pets before hitting the road. With wind gusts hitting 60 miles an hour, the flames kicked up again, leaping over a highway that was quickly shut down. The winds are very erratic, uh, and when they get going, they really get going. For neighbors, a heartbreaking sight. How do our neighbor come home to that with his little kids? I mean, everything's gone. Air quality is also suffering, with thick smoke and ash raining down on millions. It's a similar scene in Northern California's wine country, where flames rapidly scorched more than 20,000 acres yesterday. Before the fire, PG&E proactively pulled the power plug on homes and businesses. Today, power restored. Now the region is bracing for more windy weather this weekend, and the utility says preemptive blackouts could impact 850,000 customers. The danger tonight remains largely in Southern California, where the tick fire is nowhere near extinguished. 
Just in time for Halloween, news of a remarkable and slightly creepy advancement in computer technology. French researchers are testing smartphones covered with lifelike, touch-sensitive artificial skin. It comes in two versions, simple and smooth and realistic and wrinkly. Researchers believe the artificial skin will allow new forms of input to smartphones and laptops, and they want to find out how smartphone users will respond to the skin-covered phones. I'm thinking not very well. Well, it was a big day on Global News Morning with Sonia Sunger hosting her third annual Haircuts for a Cause event. And as she explains, this year's event holds special meaning. As the saying goes, third time's a charm. And today's third Haircuts for a Cause exceeded expectations. With an expanded presence in Burnaby. I don't want the cancer kids to feel left out. Vancouver. Looking forward to this. And Kelowna. From the generosity of our young supporters. I had a friend that got leukemia, and that really impacted me. Avni, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. I will always be here for you. <laughs> to those who've had a personal battle with cancer. I decided I'd do this just to sort of, you know, give back where I can. But I felt like a freak. Every time I looked into the mirror and saw myself without hair, it was just devastating. All of the hair donated today is going to support Wigs for Kids BC. And over the past three years of Haircuts for a Cause, more than 220 people have donated. It helps so much in the recovery of um, when a child has cancer. The first event in 2017 inspired by my mother. And this year, things are coming full circle, donating her wig, even though she's fighting breast cancer a fourth time. Having a wig is... Um, actually made me feel complete and normal, so I know that how much it means to have a wig to someone. While the event focuses on hair, it's about so much more, about love, generosity and community support. Sonia Sunger, Global News. Thank you to everyone who donated today. Well, here's something you could probably relate to. Florida news photographer Jack Drain using his iPhone and a GoPro to record his flight in a World War II aeroplane when that happens, that was his phone being sucked out of the cockpit. His reaction, we're thinking it was a company phone because he didn't seem too worried about it, has the video going viral. A heartbreaking sight in India. An elephant struggles to stay alive in a pool of muddy water. The amazing rescue right after the forecast. You thought that iPhone or whatever kind of phone it was. It was, was his, funny. It was his face afterwards. He's like, uh, what just happened there? <laughs> hey, my blouse matches your wind gusts there. Well done, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say, uh, yes, you're welcome, Sophie. I'm windy. <laughs> uh, so if the winds, if you look, this is the current map of uh, winds. They died down in a lot of areas except one. Yes, Metro Vancouver. Still sustained winds at 56 kilometers an hour. Uh, gusts up to 78 kilometers an hour. I bet the gusts in Tawasson are also at that. For some reason, the gusts are not working on our uh, from our observations there. But you can see the sustains at 50. So incredible winds still expected at least until
until about 10 p.m. It's after 10 p.m. that I'm expecting the winds to die down for our region, and then overnight we'll see that. Why did it happen? Well, we had an incredible uh, cold front roll through our region this morning. You saw the rainfall earlier, and then in behind a cold front, a strong northwest flow. It clears things out, and that's sometimes when we get the strongest winds here across Metro Vancouver. Great shot from Christine at Hatsit Lake, 10 a.m., and just two hours later, same spot, 12 p.m., complete blue skies. You may have noticed that today. That's the cold front rolling through and that strong northwest flow in behind. Now temperatures are going to plummet. With that northwest flow, wind chills, minus 14 in Whitehorse, minus 9, Fort St. John, Prince George, down to 4 degrees for Metro Vancouver. And over the next several overnight periods, it's going to get even colder. There are your daytime highs. Not much of an increase in temperature in through the far north, but lots of sunshine tomorrow. And this big upper-level ridge that's bringing the sun Sunshine is going to last through the next seven to eight days, potentially, right through to Halloween and beyond. And I'll leave you with one shot uh, from Little Fort. I love that name, by the way. In behind the cold front, a little rainbow and the birds flying in the wind there. Oh, a little rainbow and a little fort. <laughs> right. All right. Thanks, Christy. I uh, just got this into the newsroom from BC Ferries that they will be running on a modified schedule, departing Swartz Bay at 7 and 10 tonight and departing to Wasson at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and midnight. So if you're already there, I think Jordan said if you have a reservation, you should get on. But uh, don't expect to go on standby now because there's been a backup all day. Again, 7 and 10 p.m. boats leaving from Swartz Bay, 8, 9, and midnight from to Wasson on BC Ferries. And I'd watch Twitter if I were you if you're trying to keep track of someone taking a ferry tonight. Well, when villagers in southern India came across a heartbreaking sight, they came together to save a life. <laughs> An elephant was stuck in a muddy pool of water, unable to get out and in danger of drowning. After getting straps around the giant animal, the villagers spent nearly three hours pulling it out of the muck. <laughs> elephant ran off to rejoin its herd as the villagers scrambled to get out of the way. Oh my god! Look at that! Oh my oh god! My. What is going on there? Is that normal? Doing a backstroke. Wow. Tourists <laughs> off Australia capture an extremely rare sight, a great white shark swimming on its back. Experts say sharks don't typically swim upside down like this, but they do flip over on rare occasions to assume a position known as tonic immobility, where they enter a trance-like state. Some suggest it could be a defense mechanism. It's the weirdest thing, right? I don't see it being able to defend itself very much from anything like that. <laughs> Maybe it's more of like a Do you think somebody threw something in the ocean and he ate it by accident? Yeah. And he's I a trance-like state. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. animals. Oh. Is that what you're wondering? You know what yes, that's right. -like state. You thought they were just regular gummy yeah. bears, but yeah. they weren't. Before they arrived, he's behind a rock smoking a joint. Eating some Doritos. Yeah, or something. There's something going on there. Not acting normally. Is there a game tonight? Yes, as a matter of fact, there is. Uh, not to take anything away from the Vancouver Canucks 6-3 and three start, because it's a good start. But they have had the NHL's easiest schedule up to this point based on the type of teams they've had to play. However, I know they did play the Blues, though. They're the Stanley Cup champs. And tonight, they are getting a very tough team.
The schedule starts to get harder now for the Vancouver Canucks, and the Capitals are in town. Great team, one of the best teams in the league. Have been for a while. Uh, just recently won a Stanley Cup. Got a lot of the same players on the team. I don't. I could go on and on about them, but they're a pretty good hockey team. It's, I think just saying their name is probably enough. You, anyone that plays the Washington Capitals know they're in for a hard-fought game, and it'll be a good test for our team. Okay, that what you just saw was an Alex Ovechkin goal. The uh, Canucks will try to keep him from scoring on them tonight, but nobody has ever really figured out how to stop Ovechkin from scoring goals. It's like he's acquired all the infinity stones. He is already one of the greatest goal scorers this game has ever seen, and when he retires, he'll have one of the highest goal scoring totals we have ever seen. In deep, back for Carlson. One time, Ovechkin scores! Alex Ovechkin has scored 667 NHL regular season goals, and it seems like 600 of them have come from the same spot. The OV one-timer is as legendary as his toothless grin, and even though everyone in the rink knows it's coming, he continues to fire bullets past the best goalies in the world with relative ease. He just gets, gets wood on his shot every time. Uh, obviously, he's very elite at doing that and uh, doesn't have to pick a corner every time because he just always hits it hard and catches goalies off guard. If he finds those little soft areas or areas where he knows no one's, no one's around him and all he needs is a, I mean, a quarter of a second and, he, and he's letting one go. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's always a tough task to, to mark him. Ovechkin is now 34 in his 15th NHL season, but he's only missed 30 games his entire career. That doesn't include the 128 playoff games. For a guy who plays that much and that hard, it's incredible durability, especially since Ovechkin welcomes and initiates any and all body contact. For how big he is and what he can do with the puck and how hard he can shoot it, it's, it's pretty incredible. So you definitely know when that guy's on the ice. Ovechkin's partying after winning the cup set the new standard for celebrations, but that's just who he is. Jay Beagle was part of that Caps winning team, and that passion combined with the talent is what makes Ovechkin one of the greatest ever. The way he plays, the way he um, you know, carries himself, he's just a fun guy. He's a fun guy to be around. He loves the game. He loves to play the game. Ovechkin is currently 13th on the all-time goals list, 227 behind Wayne Gretzky's 894. OV could jump to number seven on that list if he scores 50 this year, and he'd have to average 45 per year for the next five to pass Gretzky. Considering the caliber of goalies Ovechkin's had to face compared to Gretzky, it's amazing he's even that close, and that breaking the record is even a possibility. I have no doubt that he would ever catch it or break it. Like, it's a pretty rare talent to see somebody score the goals the way he does. And as consistently as he does, like he puts 50 up every year, it's mind-boggling. Like I have six in my three seasons, so it's just like, I tip my cap. <laughs> I got that, he tips his cap to the Capitals and Alex Ovechkin. Uh, okay, Golden Knights giving it away. Give it away, give it away now. Pierre-Edouard Belmar scores with 28 seconds in and Colorado's up 1-0. I mentioned the Canucks had the toughest or the easiest schedule in October. The Avalanche have had the toughest, yet they have played brilliantly. Kale McCarr, first NHL regular season goal, a 6-1 win over Vegas. Former Canuck, 
Eric Goodbranson is turning into a penny stock. He keeps getting traded. Now the Penguins have sent him to Anaheim for a prospect in a seventh-round draft pick. Wasn't a high price, but the Penguins need some salary cap relief, and this trade just provided it. Dave Martinez and the Nationals up 2-0. Surprisingly up 2-0 in the World Series. Game 3 is in Washington, but Josh Reddick drops this one where nobody is. And Carlos Correa is able to cross the plate. It's 2-0 in the fourth inning as Houston tries to get back in the series. And the Raptors taking on the Celtics. There's Pascal Siakam. This guy's a good young player. I know they don't have Kawhi anymore, but watch this guy as the years go by. Siakam there. Draws the foul as Toronto was up by six. Fourth quarter, Siakam again. Little layup from Kyle Lowry. 31 points for Siakam at that point. The Celtics, though, would win this as Jalen Brown from downtown. 112-106. The Raptors are now 1-1 one and one on the year. Just say fart on the air tonight. You just said it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it's in this commercial. That word is in this commercial because it's one of the things young hockey players wish would be in a hockey game. It's a Tim Hortons ad with Nathan. Okay. Nathan, did you get what I just said there? I'll forget I think it. so. Start the show. So tell us, guys, how can we make hockey more fun? I think we're supposed to talk one at a time. If you score a goal, you might get a donut. Sardine goalies eyes. <laughs> Are you kidding? Ew! Puppies! Puppies on the ice. How many puppies would you like on the ice? <laughs> Alright, my turn. It's gonna be a ripper. Whoopee cushion goalie pads. Whoopee cushion goalie pads. That's awesome. Okay. Um, Every year in Britain, they do the Great British Bake Off, and they always have a good commercial for it. your timers. The Great British Bake Off is back. Coming soon hmm, on Channel 4. can't help but think the patience it would take to make something oh, like that. Oh, I know. Takes a while. I would not it's have like that. The patience, patience of a pastry chef. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well done. Uh, the first commercial coming up is selling little cakes from Japan. The next two are Skittles. Here we go. <laughs> 
良い子は真似をしないでねチェチェチェドルチェチェチェチェドルチェ贅沢トッピングアイスチェチェチェドルチェタイム Alright, let's do this I got minds to twist and values to warp Mr. Tyler, your Skittles portrait That is E to the Z O twiddly disgusting You haven't heard me sing diddly ding yet Dream on Higher Dream on I think a little higher Dream on Dream on Rock the rainbow, taste the rainbow Katie 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 mm. Katie mm. Katie Katie mm. Katie mm. Katie